What's going on? Welcome to episode 127 of the WorkPrint's Games Cast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my two very special co-hosts, Bilal and Kevin. What's up, guys? Thanks for dinner last month. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was or a month ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where was I? I went to dinner. No, I'm just playing. I probably was nowhere close. <laughs> um. Yeah, I know. It was kind of like semi last minute depending on whether or not they actually had the time or not but yeah you were in t- in our neck of the woods and me and kevin's neck of the woods for oh, a weekend true. um and we were able to go to one of my favorite restaurants in fairfax uh actually kevin we should go there one time when we have a psc on a saturday it's right around the corner from uh oh is the it? car shop yeah okay sounds and good so, i'm intrigued yeah yeah very yeah. good vietnamese food Though my son, um, though my son uh, managed to throw a tantrum for whatever reason and spill so much water everywhere, I don't know if it was a, I don't know if it was a tantrum or if he was just, uh, he was just Be, a little bit active. Being you know? a two-year-old, yeah, 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 yeah. Reaching for stuff, wanted to explore the space. Yeah, uh, it's fine. Honestly, that kind of stuff. I mean, when it's not my kid, it doesn't bother me. But also, I understand when it is your kid, uh, yeah. how frustrating that is. And so, no, no, no. It was he was awesome, and it was great to see you, Emilia, again. Yeah. And uh, and and grab some good food. Um, yeah. So it's been a while. Obviously, I think I talked about it last last podcast. But I've had a lot of life events going on uh, that I'm dealing with, which has made me relatively unavailable. And considering that I'm the face of this podcast, these two couldn't bear it to do it without me uh, and so <laughs> i was down i was i was i've been just as busy um yeah. for different reasons but yeah life is life work i'm beat man 30, yeah. 30 35 is a tiring year you i don't want to like i don't want to hear anything you get to eight, you get to 8 p.m. and you're just like, I don't want to play video games. I just want to lay down and not exist. <laughs> I don't know if it's like hitting 37 because I feel like I noticed them the moment I hit 37, uh, which was, you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever. Or if it's just Happy the stress of, of this summer. Thanks, thanks. Of the stress of the summer. But uh, look at all these gray hairs. It's like my whole <laughs> chin is covered in them. I can't grow a beard anymore. I got to shave on the regular now because uh, the salt and pepper with, is the move. Yeah. Salt and pepper, yeah, man. But now I actually look my age and I'm not about that. So <laughs> it's uh, better than like I'll shave and then people say I look twenty seven. No, like, I think that's yeah. That's fine. That's, that's that's not a number I like anymore. I, I like three oh at least, you know. Last time I did that, people were asking me what college fine. I was gonna go I think to. 28, 28, 29. <laughs> good. Oh, oh yeah, I believe it. It's because you have such a baby face. Yeah. Um yeah, all right. So let's talk about, you know, we talk about how it's been a while since we've done this, but also this kind of has to be a quick one <laughs> uh, because I am leaving. So I have court tomorrow morning and then I am leaving straight from court and hopping on a plane uh, to go take care of some things. And I'll be gone for five days. And so I still need to pack. I have not packed yet. And so I we need to make this kind of quick. So let's just go ahead and get right into what we've been playing. Uh, Kevin, why don't you lead us off? What have you been playing lately? Um, and if you say Marvel Snap, uh, real quick, really just a quick just tangent, just a real quick tangent. I, uh, Kevin and I, and a couple of friends and, and TJ drove to Rochester, New York for a regional tournament in My Hero. Was that 10 uh, hours for you guys? No, it was like seven and a half up oh. with, with a stop uh, or two here and there for gas. And then it was only like six and a half back. For whatever reason, it was an hour shorter back. Uh, so it really wasn't that bad. I drove 
uh, the whole way. These guys, I want to get ahead of it. These guys offered to drive uh, either way. But I felt fine driving up and then driving back, I was going to let them drive. But the moment someone else took the keys, I got anxiety about someone driving my car. <laughs> and so I took over. That being said, I swear the entire ride up, the entire ride down, and even during the tournament at, point, at points, Kevin was playing Marvel Snap. So I don't think I was playing it that much on the ride up. Uh, okay. But yes, on the ride back, whole time, I was playing, I was playing it. Uh, I got to hit my dailies. Like, if, if I miss a daily, that is, like, if my dailies fill up, and then, mm-hmm. I, uh, then two dailies don't pop up, I've lost those 150 credits mm-hmm. forever. Like, you gotta sleep I'm when never get them back. you can only sleep when you have four dailies. You can't sleep when you have five or six. I understand. Yes, okay. yes, facts. Yeah, and I gotta play different decks if I. If they they want me to run one drops. Can't run destroy now. I don't. I it. don't. I don't want to play destroy. Why are they making me play destroy? Well, that's that's sacrilegious. Destroy is awesome, but yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with like if I had to play uh, move, but um, besides snap, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, mm-hmm. which I actually did some math on. I'll tell you that when you get back, maybe next week. Uh, yeah, I've just been waiting for Tarkov Arena. Um, been just going through all the news and everything for that. I cannot wait for that to come out because I'm going to talk about that ad nauseum. Once that's it fine. I'm I'm down. I'm down to hear about Tarkov Arena and why I should or should not give this game a try. Yeah, but until then, what have you guys been playing? What about you, Bilal? What do you got? I've I've dabbled in some stuff. Um, honestly, I got more into book reading. I've read five books in the last month. So this is not the book cast. Nobody I know, but you, it's what I've been doing. What books? What books? Uh, I started. Uh, I finally delved into Brandon Sanderson. So I read the Mistborn trilogy. I read his mm-hmm. first published book, Elantris, and then Emperor Saul. And now I'm on the Way of Kings. Um, highly recommend all of it. It's can, really good. Can I actually recommend a book series for you? Mm-hmm. You know Paul Tassi, the writer I've, for Forbes. He does Destiny content for for Forbes. Yeah. Yes. So he has written, I think he's written like five books. But he has a two-book series called Hero Killer and Hero Killer 2 that are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, if you're a fan of like sci-fi and then also like 90s action movies, mm-hmm. give these books uh, a read okay um it's like it's part espionage part like i said 90s action movie where the whole premise is that this agent goes uh undercover in this fight to the death tournament that this like rich ceo is running uh trying to expose the like corruption and stuff like that and and take the system down from within isn't that just mortal Kombat? Yeah, no, kind Gerard of. Butler movie? Uh, no. What What was the Gerard Butler gamer? gamer. gamer. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Um, but no. Th- I mean, it it is phenomenal, and the sequel is is also very very good. Um, okay, so what have you been playing? So, if we're talking video games, I played a little bit of Sea of Stars, a little bit of Armored Core Six. Not enough to really talk about. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're looking for cl- good classic SNES type RPG, Sea of Stars uh, definitely feels like that for the first like two, three hours I've played. Uh, I actually Armor- have it installed on my ROG Ally, so I will oh. be giving that uh, uh, a chance, uh, yeah. probably on this trip. 
Uh, it's a little story heavy in the beginning, but I'm really enjoying the combat and the puzzles uh, that they do throw at you in the beginning. Uh, so, and the characters are pretty endearing. Uh, so yeah, definitely worth checking out, if, especially if you have Game Pass. Um, what about armored, the big one? What about the big one? Armored Core Six. Uh, if you, <laughs> I'll, I'll quickly touch on that. I played up to the end of the first chapter, got stuck on that boss, and just got mm-hmm. busy and haven't gone back. But Truly I mean, a mech game from soft from software. It's not. It doesn't just feel like oh, it's like Bloodborne or Dark Souls. No, it's a it's yeah. a mech game, um, and like changing up your build and everything. And fast combat, just crazy boss. I fights. wish that game was co op. Yeah, uh, I, I can understand that. Yeah, because I I wanted to pick it up and I was gonna pick it up because I thought it was co op. Because Matt was playing it and saying that I need to pick it up so that we can play together. And then right before uh, it's supposed to ship from GameFly, he's like, actually, it's just single player. And so I was like, all right, never mind. There are too many games right now and games that I'm still trying to catch up on that yeah. to, to invest in something like this. Yeah. And uh, the big one uh, that I finally got around to, I actually put in like 10, 12 hours in Starfield. Um, well, if you know anything about me, I don't really fall into Bethesda games much like Skyrim, Fallout, uh, Oblivion. Well, Bethesda's like Western RPGs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I'll play them for a couple hours and I'll completely fall off. Um, just uh, like it's just not into, I don't know. The writing is fine for most of those games mm-hmm. uh, or pretty good, but it's just like the action gameplay that don't really click for me. Uh, something about Starfield uh, is just really working and I think it's the writing at the end of the day. Um, it really has this nice expansive universe that kind of reminds me of shades of mass effect and what bioware did uh early on like you're sent to join the collective to go solve like the mystery of these artifacts and as you do that you're sent to like the uc which is like one of the governing one of the three governing uh forces in the galaxy or universe um for humanity and like they're like hey you could join the uh, the uc and i was like i'm planning on mainlining this game but you know what let me just see what this is all about so I can talk mm-hmm. about it on the podcast. Um, so I went there, and the first thing they have you do is walk through the museum. And it's like, well, go up, push a button, and like the diorama starts like playing. And I must have sat there for like a half hour just listening to all this backstory and lore of this galaxy of humanity going to the stars. And it, I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is just <laughs> made for me. Uh, and then instead of going and following the main quest, I just and sat there and just did the entire, nearly the entire uh, side quest. I think I got like two more mi- missions left for the UC. But it's just been, re- like the writing and just like the storylines of how it all works has been really enthralling. And just to be, just see as it all unfolds. Um, some of the stuff that I listened to in that museum, it's like it's all coming back. So like paying attention to all that really matters. There's also... There was, like, a quest where I had to go get, like, these ambassadors on my side, and one of them I could just, like, either persuade or find dirt on or just, like, there's multiple ways you could go about it, and I really enjoyed um, just having that ability. I don't think Starfield revolutionizes anything that Bethesda has done before. It honestly just feels like Fallout in space um, to a certain degree. Uh, even the gunplay, nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, but it is but, the best gunplay they've had in one of their oh, games. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's like it's definitely passable. <laughs> yes, like it feels, it feels, it feels good, right, to shoot in that yeah. game. I mean, it doesn't feel great. Obviously, it's not as tight as say, you know, a a proper first person shooter, or even as tight as say, um, 
I think Outer Worlds I was actually felt a little bit better, but yeah, it definitely, definitely is it definitely is like the best that they've ever done. Uh, yeah. I have also played some Starfield. I am not as far as you. I think I am only like two hours in. I did join Constellation, right? So mm -hmm. I got out of that initial tutorial area, and then I started to hunt for. They send you on a mission right away to go find uh, a contact off world. Yeah. Uh, I will say though that I again I also am not the biggest like Bethesda Western RPG fan, uh, but there is like an awe to Starfield from the very yeah. beginning, especially if you are into that style of like the wonders of space, right? That's what it feels yeah. like, you know? It feels like there's an emphasis on that. And I, I was digging it for what I was playing. I also found myself like, all right, I'm just gonna mainline this. Even in that first area, right? When you go and join Constellation, I leave that office and I'm about to get on the, the the ship and I'm like, you know what? I didn't go say hi to my parents. Let me go run, say hi to my parents real quick because you know, I picked the the class oh, or the, okay. the 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 uh trait where my parents are still alive. Let me go meet with them real quick. And then even when you're walking through, there's so many like you overhear stuff and things pop up. And then I I look at my quest log and I've already got nine quests. And it's like, oh, I guess I never talked to so-and-so when I was at the Constellation home base. Let me go see what my room is, like all this stuff. And so it took me another like 30 minutes to then get back onto the ship to actually take off and leave. And so that I was I was digging and is really cool. It's also the reason why I stopped playing it. Because there is something about Starfield that says like, if you're playing Starfield, you're playing Starfield, you know? Yeah, like it's very easy to just suck and sink like 10, 20, 30 hours uh, without dipping into anything else. And currently, because of all the games coming out and some of the games I want to catch up on, I have put it down for the time being. But I I'm trying my best to treat it as a game where I go in like at the end of the night, go in, do maybe one quest or a little bit here and there and then just get in and out. And so. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think what really got me was like that UC side quest reminded mm -hmm. me a lot of like Alien, <laughs> like mm -hmm. Ridley, Ridley Scott's Alien. And I was like, I was not expecting this out of Starfield. Uh, I was like, alien monsters that are a threat to humanity. Let let sign me up. Uh, let's let's do this. Um, I will say, I still don't understand how Podesta, after all this time, still has such a crap inventory system. And even the menu system's not that great. Uh, I learned off a of TikTok of uh, this guy just kind of like amazed that his girlfriend was just carrying all her inventory and just dropping it on her ship because she didn't know the ship had an inventory. Mm -hmm. I know the ship had a, like a cargo hold. I didn't know yes. how to access it. And th right. I think that's one of the pain points I have with Starfield is like there's so much little stuff that's important that would be great. Uh, quality of life uh, if you knew knew about it but the game does does never takes an opportunity to tell you it is that stuff it is a very systems heavy game yeah, well, um, yeah it's the, a game like this has got to be but they didn't um the, the items don't delete when you go far enough away they still there no the, everything stays there's um oh, that's nice th there's some uh, hilarious mods where so someone like duplicated a sandwich like a hundred thousand times dropped it all on top of his ship and then takes off the planet and all the sandwiches fall down, and when they come back to the planet, all the sandwiches are like are at the launch pad on the ground. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
I think the game is very, very impressive. I also do think, like, uh, I've been listening to people's impressions and reviews and stuff like that. And then it does seem like it either clicks with you mm-hmm. or people find it a little hollow. And I can also see that, like, if it doesn't click for you, if it doesn't get you in, it is, like you said, it is just another one of these. It might be the best one of these they've ever done as far as, you know, technically and graphically and and even like moments moment gunplay um but it is gonna live or die based on the writing and whether or not the writing gets you 100 percent. uh i i the thing though that makes me want to go back and try to mainline as quick as possible is i heard that the new game plus stuff is very interesting i read into it and like what happens <laughs> as you uh no, as people I, are no gone spoilers, like no five yeah five six uh new game plus deep and it, yeah it's actually like it, i think it's pretty funny pretty interesting but i don't think there's a need to sure. rush yeah. into it unless you like you really see yourself spending a lot more time with this game so what game plus stuff new game plus what's that basically once you beat the game you can carry over like your skills and stuff into a new game but the game but the main campaign of changes in interesting ways is like the best way to put it okay okay gotcha yeah right. it's so tied, that's, to, that's the, it's tied to the story yeah that's the solution for the end game yeah okay how about you it's not nothing like other games do so that's good <laughs> yeah true uh i have actually i've been gaming lately uh oh i, I have I, this first game i've never pl- i never booted it up <laughs> like i said i touched on starfield a little bit i've obviously i continue to play some of my regulars uh, but the three games I want to talk about uh, is I want to talk about Remnant 2. Hurts my soul. Remnant 2 is a Souls-like game, except it's a shooter. It's a third-person shooter, right? There is some melee, but most of the time you are shooting guns. I played a handful of hours of the first one, and I enjoyed the gunplay in the first one, and I found the world interesting but i never stuck with it i never finished it right i boot up remnant 2 and immediately this game is very different from a world standpoint i really don't want to spoil anything um but man i love this game like okay I couldn't tell where you're going with this. No, I immediately, it, the game starts off and you're in the same basic environment and world as the first one. And then in that first one, I don't know. Did you play the first one at all? I, watched I a bunch played of about as much as you just said you played of it. Okay. So, you know, in that game, you use the, the world crystals to kind of travel uh, between locations and stuff like that. Uh, they, this time the world crystal takes you to other locations and man there is variety in all of the different locations there is one particular location that is essentially a it's not i mean a tribute a play off of it is almost it is it is the alternate version of one of my favorite games the world that that takes place in i don't i really don't want to spoil it um 
because if you have this game blah you should play it i i think it took me about uh 16 hours no less than that about 12 hours 13 hours to actually beat the campaign oh that's not bad oh wow yeah okay. How's it's difficulty? not it's not bad i played it on the lowest difficulty what they call standard right okay. they like a standard then veteran then right something that's else what... and then hardcore yeah and so i i played it on on standard right and i one of the things that this game does is that I, I I say that when you go into World Crystals, it takes you into different worlds, right? They are there are elements of the world that are randomly rolled. So I you and I could be playing the same game. I could load into a one particular world as my first world, and that not be the world you roll into. Mm-hmm. Also, even if it is the world that you roll into, you might have a different starting area than me, which dictates which boss you're going to have at the end of it. So you'll end up with different storylines, uh, different uh, bosses to face, and different rewards and boss weapons at the end of it than I will. Now, the way they kind of uh, supplement that is that besides your main campaign, you can also roll into what they call like a, an adventure mode. Right. Where after you beat a world, that world is now available for adventure world where separate from your campaign, you can re-roll that world, play just that world and just re-roll it over and over again until you get, you know, resources that you need because all your stuff does carry out your characters persistent between the two states and resources that you need, boss weapons that you want. Um, I have beat this game. I have helped others beat this game. I continue to roll worlds to see what weapons and, and storylines I, I missed out on. Um, I, this game is only about a month old, which is why I'm trying to be like, I'm trying not to spoil this. Are you but, serious? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. It feels like it's so much older. Yeah. And I, I mean, this game is, uh, I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. And one of my favorite games of the year for sure. Uh, it is also very much like, uh, it's no secret that I've come around on Souls-like games. Um, and having one like this that has a very genuine, generous dodge as long as you're not wearing too heavy of armor and that also has gunplay first, right? Uh, I It's like, it is such a perfect mix for me. And I absolutely, absolutely loved it and continue to play it. Uh, actually, even after I beat it, like I said. Uh, role adventure modes, helping others play through their campaigns. So if you want it, and that's the other thing, once you get through the initial tutorial like uh, sections, you can then play this game fully co-op with up to two other players. And oh, so, so you have to beat it to do co-op? No, you have to beat the tutorial, like the oh, opening the section. Okay, okay. Yeah, Sorry. the opening section. Um, yeah, the, the co-op is actually what ruined it for me because co-op is so good. I love mm-hmm. playing the game co-op. I was playing the game single player, the first one, of course. And I get through like the first level or whatever. I beat the first like twins or something. I feel like the first boss was two different characters. Uh, and then I play with my friend and it was so fun. I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is way better than playing solo. I only want to play with people. And then they just never got on again. And I was like, oh, okay, mm. they, ruined, they ruined the game for me. This sucks. So I, would, I, I was so hyped for uh, Remnant 2. <laughs> but all I can think of is like how much I hate my friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I will say that I I played uh, probably about a third of the game overall in co-op, but I did play the rest of it 
solo. So I did find it to be fun in both. Was it easier in co-op, or do you think the game balances it well? Uh, uh, it de- there are so many different classes, and this is the other thing in this game, is that you pick a starting class, but then you can unlock a secondary class. Not It's not even secondary makes it seem like it's lesser than. You can unlock a second class, and then you have the perks and skills of both classes. Uh, you can also switch oh, wow. out your main class for another class, and un- you continue to unlock these different classes and stuff like that. So I think in co-op, uh, it does scale a little bit. It's probably it probably is a little bit easier. I think depending on what classes your co-op mates are running and what you're running dictates how easy the game is or not. Let me give an example. Uh, one of the classes allows you to summon turrets, right? Another class allows you to summon companions, almost like a necromancer class, right? Uh, they will oftentimes take aggro. Matt was playing those two classes at once when he came and played in my world. And so he was doing consistent damage with the turret and taking aggro often while I was doing, I had a kind of a glass cannon build and trying to do high damage myself. And so that made it much easier. We went, me and Taylor went and tried to help Garrett in his world. We went into a boss and Taylor and I, having already beat the game, the both of us were like, oh, we have these classes that are level zero or level, yeah, that we want to level up. Let's go in there and take on this boss that we that we know is very difficult. And we got slapped over and over and over again until finally we were like, all right, let's put our classes on. At that point, we just demolish. And so I think that it can be very easy in co-op or much easier in co-op. Um, and like I said, I played it in the easiest difficulty because I was mostly playing by myself. When I've been playing co-op with other people and rolling the adventures and stuff like that, I've been playing on veteran. Um, and so it is more difficult but yeah i mean it all depends on on your team's makeup and stuff like that on how easy or difficult the game will be okay and performance wise i know the first one was like kind of like an indie darling i mean uh, i think it runs flawlessly i mean i can't give you a frames per second i haven't checked that uh but i've had no issues with with frame drops or or feeling sluggish at all you guys playing xbox or pc uh, we've been playing Xbox. Yeah. Got it. Uh, obviously, I'm playing on the Series X. Um, yeah. And it runs great there. I think I have it in. It has a uh, quality or performance mode. I believe this game does. I think. And I've been running in performance. Okay. Hmm. Maybe it doesn't. And I'm thinking about the other game I've been playing. Um, yeah. So that's one game that I played and beat. And all these games, actually, that I'm talking about are from about a week, the past week or so. So I you, just to show you how like hooked I got into Remnant 2 that every night I was like getting on and playing for like two or three hours. Uh, next game, Mortal Kombat 1. Have either of you picked this up or played it at all? I tried playing Mortal Kombat, was it 10 on Game Pass when that came out? And it just mm-hmm. felt so heavy. And I wasn't mm-hmm. a fan of how it felt compared to like a Street Fighter or a Tekken. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand that. I mean, these games are... They're very like, uh, they're very combo heavy, mm-hmm. and and the timing is very different than say a Street Fighter or or a Tekken. So I understand that. What about you, Kev? Any interest it, in Mortal Kombat One? It uh, I would I would, but it breaks my number one rule. Like I want to put like a hundred hours into every game I pick up, and I could Mortal Kombat, but my friends like mm-hmm. they're very <laughs> casual. Yeah, you know they just want to play like you know five rounds and get off. So. It yeah, would, it would infuriate me, so I'm not even gonna buy it. 
so okay then definitely don't buy it for the campaign which is absolutely fantastic but again only okay. like eight or nine hours long okay. uh, that being said uh, they continue to be the gold standard as far as campaigns are concerned for fighting games right um i think that what street fighter 6 has done with the world tour mode is is super interesting but it's uh, for me it's not on the level of what mortal kombat does i it is insane how invested i am in the lore of mortal kombat so and so yes what's, story-wise i know they kind of yes. like hit the reboot on the timeline this is a sequel yeah. it's a sequel. sequel this is a sequel mm. so there's shena- so more time shenanigans this is a sequel that's all i'm gonna say but it's one correct Kind of like how Xbox One is a sequel. <laughs> nah. No, this this justifies its Mortal Kombat One more than than okay, that. Okay, that okay, okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, that's good. But but I, to, I, I just need to watch I, this campaign. On I I, <laughs> yeah, I somebody somebody asked me the other day was like, is this a prequel or is this a sequel? Like, is it a reboot? And when I answered them, I told them that it was it was both. Okay. okay. I'm telling I am telling you that. Uh, that the, the true answer is that this game is a sequel because it it does take place after the events of 11 right and 11 ended with the timeline basically being restarted and and somebody having to and and so somebody hits a in magic my game, reboot button uh you know in my game Liu kang becomes um time god yeah the keeper of time right um this game starts off and he has relinquished that role and he has now taken the Raiden role of Earthrealm Protector, except in this case, he's the Fire God, not Lightning God. Um, the game's awesome, man. Uh, I, I blitzed through that campaign. I have been, uh, me and the guys have been playing. This is the other thing that I think Mortal Kombat does better than other fighting games as well, is that like, as far as playing with my friends, I could just go in, go to uh, online, go to Versus, go to online, go to King of the Hill, right? And just invite them into a King of the Hill lobby and we're watching the fights waiting for our next turn up, right? As if we pit quarter down on the arcade machine. It That's awesome. Is works flawlessly. Uh, we've had no issues connection-wise playing against each other. It has been awesome. The, the I, fact that all fighting games don't have that mode baffles me. I mean, I just think it's... I also just think it's crazy that, like, the the hoops some fighting games make you jump through just to get in a match with with your friends yeah. you know yeah i'm also um, i also just kind of glad to hear um like with this generation that these fighting games have been working online out of the gate mm-hmm. cuz i think last gen it was something released the online that code was just bad i think with rollback now um you just don't hear stories like that at launch anymore. It's just like, it's out, it works. Uh, no more network stories. Um, I will say that, uh, yeah, I've had no issues. I also did get to play uh, five days early. Technically, this game came out yesterday, but I have been playing since, you know, the seventh, the 14th, since the 14th. And so, uh, yeah, I, I I love it. I continue to play. Like I beat it quickly. We continue to get matches in almost every day. I am not good at Mortal Kombat. Uh, I am trying to be better at Mortal who Kombat. You but know, who, it, who's good at Mortal Kombat? Who's that guy? Ugh, you know? Sonic, Sonic Fox. Fox? That's who. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sonic Fox. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I am really enjoying it. I think it's awesome. I highly recommend it to anybody who 
uh, is interested in fighting games, is interested in Mortal Kombat as a property. Because like I said, I think that the campaign mode is, is awesome. There's also the invasions mode, which is another single player element that they have. So there is stuff for you to do single player if you don't want to go up against uh, super tryhard sweats and get rocked on a regular basis, which is what I'm trying to avoid. I'm just trying to play against my friends who are also a little sweaty, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> That's what but, I want to sign up for. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, book, bros. <laughs> last, last game I want to talk about. I am not as far. I did not beat this game yet. <laughs> I uh, am only... <laughs> I am only... Yes. Technically, it came out yesterday. It came out... No, yesterday or the day before? Two days uh, ago. Yes. Two days ago. Yes. Uh, Lies of P. Pinocchio. So for those who don't know, uh, yeah, Lies of P. Pinocchio is, a, is Timothy Chalamet. Is a is a Souls born game, uh, set in a world that takes influences and is basically a distorted view of uh, Pinocchio. Right. The main character is Pinocchio, uh, and I mean from the very beginning, like I am trying to find Geppetto. You know, that's like my first thing I have to do. I don't, okay, I guess I could talk a little bit about this. So the game is very reminiscent of uh, Bloodborne, except instead of Victorian, it's a little bit more steampunkish in aesthetic, but still with the Victorian architecture and stuff. And then the world has gone into disarray because of something called the puppet frenzy. <laughs> and so, it's a story essentially about, and we've had many stories like this, with, with rampant AI, right? Society became reliant on AI to do everything. In this situation, the AI, the robots are called puppets, okay? And so every so far, everything I have fought has been a, a robot puppet. Uh, my understanding is that there are non-puppet enemies later on, but uh, that's what I've been fighting so far. It looks like Bloodborne, it has a mechanic where when you block, uh, you will take damage, but it will show up as like essentially gray health, right? That when you attack, you can gain back, similar to the way Bloodborne does it. However, uh, a few hours into it, Bloodborne is very role reliant, and this game is definitely needs to be approached more from a Sekiro perspective where this game wants Ooh. you to parry. It wants you to learn to parry, get the timing down, and it wants you to parry. Because How's the parry window? The parry window is not generous. <laughs> I love um, the sound of this. How it much is, does this game cost? Game uh, Pass. I've been playing it on Game Pass. Oh, it's Game Pass. Oh, okay, okay, yes. okay. Um, I cannot tell you if it's forty nine nine nine, fifty nine nine nine. No, Game Pass is all I need to know. Uh, Six nine nine nine. Uh, I am playing it, but this game is very difficult because of that, because I tend not to, I prefer even in Elden Ring and in, in, uh, Bloodborne is one of my favorite games. And I, it's because of the dodging. I would much rather last minute dodge uh, than last minute parry. My brain just doesn't work properly for parries. That being said, I am learning <laughs> and I am uh, progressing in this story. Uh, but there are moments where I am just like, I don't want to parry. Mm. Uh, I understand that feeling as someone that has gotten all the achievements in Sekiro. It's not, it's not an easy time. <laughs> not yeah. an easy time at all. Uh, I, I, but like I said, I do think that so far, I think the game looks fantastic. I think the the game runs really, really well. I haven't had any 
issues yet. I haven't also had any situations where there's been a ton of enemies on screen, so I don't know if there are later on in the game if there is some slowdown or some frame rate drops. Um, but I I am having a really good time, and it is it is now f doing the same thing that Remnant Two did, where I am. This is the game that I am like thinking about playing when I'm not playing games, right? Uh, when my mm. friends aren't on, this is the game I default to. And it so, shows a terrible year to not play many games <laughs> because yeah. I feel like this year has just been absolutely stacked, stacked, and yeah. it's not even stopping anytime soon. Um, so yes, if you are a fan of uh, Sekiro, especially Sekiro, uh, the aesthetic of Bloodborne or any any Souls like game, uh, I I highly highly recommend this, especially if you have Game Pass. Like, there's no excuse not to give it a try. Um, that being said, I do want to bring something up quickly. Uh, World Combat 1, the one thing I will say is that that game is 144 gigs. Holy so, shit. Yes. So that is the one uh, actual knock I have against the game is that it I is guess it's the levels? a lot of hard drive. I, I have no idea. I, I, mean, I, 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 I mean, like that campaign is full of a lot of video. And so I, I don't right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and I mean, that wraps up what I've been playing, um, that's worthy to be discussed. <laughs> um, so wait, have you guys, have either one of you switched over to card games for a second? Yes. Played, uh, Lorcana. Oh, I actually I mean, played someone. Yeah. I, I play almost every day, uh, against, really? yeah, oh, I play over webcam against my, my brother, and uh, some of my buddies, because we've all been able to collectively uh, get some product and we've been like mailing it out to each other and stuff like that so that we can all be able to play. I, we're still running, you know, what are essentially budget decks uh, right, right, yeah. with with some cards, you know, of, of value uh, just because it's crazy right now. But yeah, I, I have been playing uh, a decent amount and I've been getting all my product at retail. Which has at retail, yeah, cost, which has been great because I know that's not the case for everyone. It's kind of crazy when that's yeah. like a, a win to get your stuff at retail. Yeah, I got product on that early release. Um, it was like structured decks, and I managed to get my hands on a uh, the gift set, and so I got a couple packs off that. But and I did one structured deck tournament, and I just did not find. It's probably just just the format, uh, not not structured deck. It was like the actual starter deck. You can't use mm -hmm. the that. Mm -hmm. um, did a tournament with that, and it was it was fine. Uh, it really just felt like top deck luck <laughs> um, at a certain point. Mm. Uh, so, but it's just like the product has been so scarce. The stores I go to aren't getting the product. They're saying October, but at this point, I'm just like, I'm so heavily invested in One Piece, and I really enjoy One Piece, that yeah. uh, I, I probably just end up selling the cards I have um, and the product I do get in uh, to whoever wants it. Oh, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I love the look of the cards. That Those Enchanted are spectacular, especially the stuff they've shown for set two with the signatures from the artists. I'm just like... Yeah. I would love to get my hands on one of those. Like the stitch you pulled, I can't believe you pulled it. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I can't believe uh, you the first pack. But, yeah, and I was like, I'm like, how much is that going for? And you're like two fifty, and I was like, you know what? I don't need it in my life. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, 
but um, pulled, uh, haven't pulled once. Haven't pulled an enchanted since. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's been interesting though, because like ever since Rob got into my hero, and I've slowly gotten back into uh, the TCG scene. I think the reason I'm not as enthralled to going back into video games is kind of like. I think TCGs have become my League of Legends, where mm. winning feels so good. Like, <laughs> I just want, I just, and it's on my mind, like, oh, well, deck strategies, things like that, instead of like, and it's less toxic at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, we've uh, managed to, uh, here in North Jersey, have a, create a group of friends that's like 50 deep. <laughs> like, we got, we could literally, last night we literally hosted our own online local, um, you know, and then with prizing and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, it's nice to have a group of friends around that. Um, yeah, which is, is it's really nice. Yeah, something special about TCGs, right? It's like it really is. All sit around a table and actually do something with each yeah. other, rather than you know, a video game. Even if you're playing with your friends, you're online. You're kind of solo. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was just like August, like I and I was away for it for about six weeks. So like August, it was just family events. I got COVID, and so I didn't see the guys for a while. And then like finally pre-release this past weekend, three days in a row, I got to see everyone again. Uh, you know, we still talk over Discord, but it's mm. you know it's the same thing with video games. It's like I know if I jump onto Xbox and Rob's on, uh, Matt's on, uh, Garrett, like it, it's it's like no time has passed. You know, you, right. you, you jump in the party chat, you talk. It, it's good times. True. Well, I, I bring it up just to say that I've decided not to sell my collection. Oh, Ooh. okay. But I'm also not playing. <laughs> so I'm okay. just staring at these cards. I, I, I can respect that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens after set three, I think, is probably going to tell me everything. But I'll uh, see how set two goes. Um, I have uh, 30 two cards no 32 boosters left to open still um what are you, what are you waiting for i because yeah. because they just oh. showed up and i'm leaving for oh, memphis okay. and i need to kind of clean up this space i mean look open one to, now open just one to, now just to, just to show you guys a little bit of what uh what open i mean an Elsa pack. i have to clean up some Elsa space <laughs> is uh just, just for you is gonna get like the uh isn't Elsa? Is like, there one Elsa on blue? This is, this is my desk. This is my desk right now. <laughs> oh my god! And so I have to clean some stuff up. I did just pull. I opened some packs today. I pulled this foil. Tank, okay. And Remember then I finally oh, got. Oh, there's the Rapunzel. Oh, yes. there's the Bill. Yes, I finally got them. Uh, in the same trove, and so I. Fifty. Uh, when I had looked, uh, one of them had was up to like fifty-eight or something. Forty-eight, I think. That's the other thing about Lorcana, which is absolutely nuts. It's just like these some of these cards, they're not even like all arts or anything. They're just right. yep. fifty bucks for like this legendary. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I the pool rates have kind of just been all over the place. I've opened yeah. up a decent amount of cards and okay. uh and I have not uh and like I said, these are the first of of both of those cards that I've finally got. And so, so they actually haven't come down very much. Uh, I sold both of those cards a month ago, mm-hmm. and they're just ten dollars down from what they were before. So the pumps are still sixty. The uh, bell's still and, forty. T- yep. So yeah. And so my pull luck was not great in any of my packs. Um, I think the two legendaries <laughs> I got 
were the exact same ones and it was probably like the cheapest legendary that there is <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i was like oh great i can't even like profit off of these uh, all right let's get into the news yeah uh we're gonna run through these pretty quickly starting with hades 2 will release in early access next spring uh, on Thursday, the developer finally broke its silence and offered an update on the game. Hades 2 will release an early access on Steam and the Epic Game Store in Q2 of 2024, somewhere between April and June of next year. You may be wondering, why can't we launch an early access like right now? The developer wrote in a blog post. The reason is, Hades 2 will have at least as much content from day one in early access as the original game did back when it launched in early access on Steam. And even though early access inherently means the game is not yet complete, we still want to do everything we can to make sure Hades 2 is worth your while as soon as you can play it in any capacity. Um, either, I mean, Bilal, you're excited for Hades 2, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, who is it? Uh, Hades 1 was amazing. Yeah. Kevin, what about you? You into Hades I'm, at all? I'm excited to watch my favorite streamer play Hades uh, okay. again. She's awesome. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's about as, as excited as I get for Hades. See, I am super excited for Hades 2. I just won't play it in early access. Yeah. So this news, like, I mean, I get why this is exciting for some people and some people are into that. This news does nothing for me. That's like me with Baldur's Gate 3. I bought it in early access. I didn't play it till actually yeah. Uh, yeah. fully released. This is kind of a weird quote, right? Like, they're, they're going to have as much content for Hades 2 when it comes out in early access as Hades did when it came out in early access. Like, yeah, not I at think, the end of Hades, so, but at the beginning. Yes. Like, but so like the first two, three worlds? One of the things that people applauded Hades for was even when it was in early access, it was still a game worth playing. I mean, it was yeah. still a game. It wasn't like, it wasn't a tech demo, you know? And so I think that's, I think what they're saying is like, yeah, we could release something right now, you know? But we don't want to release something that's lesser than what we've done in the past, which I mean, should be applauded. Because they could easily be like, here you chumps, you know, you, you, you right. people who are obsessed with this game. Here's what we have so far. It's wireframe. Go nuts, you know? Yeah. And so uh, so I understand. I understand what they're saying. I think yeah. Polygon even did, like, I think it was more, like, jokingly, like, they knew it would probably cause a, a storm. Uh, but they actually did a review for uh, Hades when it released in early access. They're like, this game is fantastic as is. Hey. All right. Must be nice. So moving on. Immortals of AVM Studio lays off nearly half of staff weeks after release. Developer Ascended Studios cited poor sales. Um, workers estimated that before the layoffs, the studio employed 80 to 100 people. Around 40 people were laid off. Ascended CEO Brett Robbins announced the layoffs in a meeting on Thursday. Uh, one former worker told Polygon that Immortals of AVM's poor sales were cited for the layoffs, which were said to be necessary to keep the studio running. Hmm. This game I, has not middling reviews. Let me bring up the exact Metacritic for for it right now. But it definitely did not light the world on fire. Um, this game was billed as like Magic Duty, right? Yeah. I am currently playing this game. <laughs> um, I am a, a few levels into it. And this game is not Magic Duty. This game is Magic Doom, right? Ooh. Where... There is no aiming down sights in this game. Um, you have a similar weapon wheel as you do in Doom where you're cycling through these spells. And one spell is an SMG. One spell is an assault rifle. One spell is essentially a shotgun. Right? 
Um, and so it doesn't have the same tight gameplay. It's a little bit floatier like a, a Doom, right? Uh, I, so far, am uh, also kind of mixed. Uh, yeah, it's got a 70 Metacritic, at least the PlayStation 5 version does. This um, thing I, says the all-time peak for players was on Steam was 751. Yeah, see. Isn't this I, a single-player game, though? This this is the problem, is that this game is a single-player-only game as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, I just think... I mean, yikes. I'll say the premise of this game looked cool, but when they I started hearing Magical Duty, I was like, okay, I need the reviews to end. Uh, and mm -hmm. seeing how much the budget is was or estimated for this game was, and that they solely did this in UE5, which I imagine was not cheap, because um, mm -hmm. that's a new that's a new engine, a lot that requires people to be trained in it. Um, yeah, I imagine not cheap to make, not cheap to have that talent. Or even lose that talent, which is why I think firing 40 people is kind of crazy. Because um, that's talent you're letting out the door, especially if you're going to be sticking with uh, Unreal yeah. Engine 5. And not to, like, belabor this point or whatever. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But, you know, for EA, don't you imagine that they have somewhere else to put these people? I know it's not just, like, as easy as, like, copy-paste. But, like, you know, these, there's I, a lot so, of experience there. So... I think this studio is technically still independent. I think EA did publish it as one of their EA Originals titles. Mm. Um, but I I don't think that they are... Yes, I don't think that they are owned by EA, is my understanding. Uh, um, okay, I might have misread part of the article then, but yeah. Um, yes, it is... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll have more thoughts probably next week uh, if I actually get back around to it. There are so many... Or not next week. I'm going to be gone for essentially a week. Uh, the week after. Um, I mean, it It so far is fine, I'll say. I think it has some cool ideas, but it's also like... Duty gets you into the action right away. And I keep comparing it to Duty because that's kind of what they were playing off of, right? Uh, this is very slow in the beginning. Like, ugh, painfully slow. Um, where it was... I just did not care. You know? Like, I just... I, I did not care. I, I like show me why I need to be playing this game, and there is a lot of like exposition in the very beginning. Oh, that's um, never fun. But all right, next bit of news. This has been an absolute disaster. Uh, Unity vows to change controversial new pricing policy. There are no details yet, but update is coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, they originally came out and changed their the way they were going to monetize Unity was that they were going to have um they were going to have instead of it being based on revenue or anything it was going to be based on how many times the game was installed right <laughs> uh, every time it was installed you owed them however many cents or whatever now they first announced that and they had people came out and were like well okay well what's stopping someone who is mad at me on a personal level, and this is mostly indie developers who I think make up the mass, vast majority of people who use Unity in the first place. Um, or at least it's the people that are gonna be the, impacted the most, right? Because they're the ones that kind of can't afford a, a bigger cut of the pie, you know, giving away a bigger cut of the pie, a uh, slice of the pie. And they were saying, what's gonna stop someone who has a personal vendetta from like setting up a bot to install and uninstall this game 
a million times, you know? Especially um, considering the size of some of these indie games and how fast download speeds are nowadays. Right. And so, and what about what about the games that go on subscription services like Game Pass, right? Oh, yeah. Every one of those installs, how, how is that going to affect me? And, you know, there was some of the answers they responded with and, and was basically like, oh, don't worry, we'll be able to tell if someone is doing maliciously. Like, trust us, trust us, you know? It's like, no, that's not, that's not good enough. And you had yeah. just an outrage on social media and stuff like that and an outpouring of statements from specifically indie developers being like, hey, this kind of policy would kill us. Like, we have a game coming out soon that uses in uh that uses unity and we're thinking about not releasing it or i know someone went as far as saying like hey this game is you know out right now go play it because in a week i'm deleting it and you won't be able to download it ever again right um there was an update that says that uh well that bloomberg published a report outlining the tentative new plan uh where the CEO told staff that it may limit fees to 4% of a game's revenue for cons customers making over a million dollars and noted that the installations racked up to meet the threshold won't count toward the fees, meaning that developers will pay for installs only after meeting the requirements. Bloomberg also reported that Unity may ask its developers to self-report the data necessary to track installations. Uh, there's, I, I, I don't know, man. This is, I don't know how Seems you mess like something up this so bad. Yeah. So this this screams this of first. Well, this just screams of like greed of well, being like, yeah. Well, hey, you know who the CEO of Unity is? Yes, former C, uh, former was he CEO of EA or president? Something like that. Yes, yes. John Riccatello. Yes, he also he also was head of like uh, Bioware uh, a while back as well. Um, but then but then found you know found a position within EA and. My understanding is that was also like he was part of that part of that regime when EA was consistently being voted the worst company in America. Did that yeah. ever stop? And so, <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, uh, I'm just looking uh, at so, so just, just a fun fact. Um, <laughs> Suda Fifty One, who did uh, No More Heroes, had such a negative negative experience with uh, Riccatello that he named. He named uh, one of the bosses uh, in his games after him. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Terrible. Um, but I'm just like, you know, going to play devil's advocate for a second, right? Yeah. Please roast me. But Unity's stock price uh, peaked at, what is this, uh, almost $200 at the end of 2021. Mm -hmm. And since then has precipitously dropped. And they're around like $30 right now. Mm -hmm. And we all know, like... Gaming industries, the if, if you're on the stock market, your customer is the stockholder. It's not really the gamer anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to and you're looking over at your competition and, you know, they just are killing it with it, with, the, with their monetization model and everything that they're doing. Do you, you need to do something? Right. Unity's thought of is be like, oh, your game's on Unity. It's it's inferior or you're indie. Like mm -hmm. one of the two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like why? I mean, could this not have been like a last ditch effort to actually like, you know, make them to give them resources to make them relevant? I mean, no. yes, clearly it's that. <laughs> but you're also like you're 
literally it's like it's like saying it's like saying hey i'm i'm a farmer i have this i have these crops i could let the full season go right and maximize my crops or i can go out there right now and eat everything right because that's essentially what they're doing they chopped down all the crops they basically said all right indies like you are our bread and butter you're you you are like especially with like you said there are competitors out there like ue5 right yeah and other engines out there that are like or people are making proprietary whatever um that are eating their lunch and unity does have a rep reputation for being not the easiest engine to work with uh not being the best performing engine right and that's why i mean that's part of the reason why the stock prices dropped as much there was a, a time where there was a, a section of youtube that was like dedicated to just bashing unity and unity's games and the engine itself and so the public perception of unity tanked right it started off as this thing that was essentially an indie darling right a godsend for indies being able to stay independent and work on this engine um yeah, I made a game on Unity. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, you owe them for every install now going forward. <laughs> yeah, um, there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine uh, something like Among Us, which is built on Unity. Oh, they were so they, small. Like oh, I, yes. I, I've installed and installed that game at least five times. Yes, they are one of the games that was like, uh, what were they? Oh yeah, they were saying that like they basically would have to stop working and pausing work on Among Us Two so that they can figure out a different engine solution and how to like pour over to a different engine if this goes through. And right. so I don't I, this is this has been one of those like the, quick you know, the, and swift with how people have reacted. Yeah, as they should. Like the number one thing I was worried about was like, yo, if Dr. Disrespect as he always does is playing a game on Unity and he, you know, whatever gets killed, it's, it's epic, whatever. And he does what he always does. He, he publicly uninstalls the game, then like I don't know five percent of his viewer base also yeah. uninstalls the game. Yeah. But they're all gonna reinstall it like tomorrow. Yeah, that's a lot of money that just got thrown away for a meme yep. <laughs> from a streamer for yeah. no reason. Like, uh, yeah, no, I mean it's just the, I mean I I get what you're saying though. You know, from their perspective and like they are a business they have to make money i don't begrudge them for making money this just seemed like just like you said not thought out at all yeah all right speaking of not the brightest of ideas uh you guys all see this microsoft leak that happened the past couple days is this why you're getting on the plane uh yeah i gotta go <laughs> they, they call me up <laughs> you think i go to court and then get on yep. the plane so you got the big boys coming to town uh yeah so apparently yeah, so apparently the court uploaded dozens of documents related to the FCC case uh, with Microsoft. And that's uh, Microsoft. Apparently, it's Microsoft's fault, uh, according to the California court, that they uh, uploaded, when they uploaded to the, the secure cloud link, um, that they also uploaded some um non-public information by mistake okay um i don't know if this is like somebody at microsoft did this or somebody at the law firm that microsoft hired did this you know uh but this was a massive massive mistake and apparently the blame is on microsoft i mean initially people were saying or speculating that 
someone at the FTC, in spite of them losing the case, leaked this stuff. But uh, in this case, it does seem like it was Microsoft's fault. Now, some of the things that were in that leak, we're going to go over quickly. Uh, actually, before we go over it, I just want to point out, uh, Phil Spencer did address the leak on Tuesday afternoon. And he stated, we've seen the conversation around old emails and documents. It is hard to see our team's work shared in this way because so much has changed and there's so much to be excited about right now and in the future. We will share the real plans when we are ready. Now, let's talk about the team's work and what was actually leaked. Uh, the biggest thing being this notion of a new all-digital Xbox Series X coming next year and a refresh of the Series S along with a new controller. Now, the Xbox Series X all-digital redesign uh, goes with a similar, similar to like a smart speaker uh, in a sense. And basically what it is, it's, it's an Xbox Series S, as Xbox Series X that's all digital, has two terabytes of storage. They've updated the wireless and Bluetooth t technology in it. They've made it cheaper to manufacture. Anytime you see a refresh like this, it's because they found a way to make it cheaper to manufacture. They, and these slides, and here's the other thing about this leak. These are internal slides, meaning that they were meant for, they're part of a pitch deck, right? So this isn't like marketing, you know? This is like, hey, we're talking at a meeting. So some of this language is like, you know, like right here, it says the most powerful Xbox ever now adorably all digital. That is a like internal meeting ass yeah. statement. If I've ever seen one, you know, like this is yeah, not, adorably, that was not meant like to see. What? Yes. That is not meant to see public eyes, you know? Um, How is it all digital? It, it's right there. It's, it's physical. I can see it. Okay. Okay. Anyway. What are they? It's not analog. It will not have a disk drive. And, uh, oh, yes, but, <laughs> oh, correct. <laughs> but also, I mean, this is, this is like, uh, the, the leak that came out about Sony's console as well, that the refresh are doing is also taking a similar approach, except that rumor has them also having the option of buying like a detachable hard drive. Right. Yeah. Uh, considering that this, uh, new Xbox series X has a USB C port in the front. I could see them uh, not detachable hard drive, detachable disk drive, external disk drive. I could see them also offering some sort of external disk drive solution um, as well in, in this case. The other is the Xbox Series S refresh. It still looks like an Xbox Series S. They've just made it, uh, you know, they, they, and they made it a terabyte. They also, it's on a smaller diode. So again, it's going to, it uses less power. Both of them use less power and they tout the fact that it's used with like, you know, more recyclable materials and stuff like that. Really at the end of the day, these are refreshes of the same consoles that have more storage that cost them way less to make that they're going to sell at the same price right i think um, i think the thing that shocks me a bit and maybe this is one of the things that has changed yeah. is that there's not an up there's not a mid-gen refresh of like up yeah there's not a one x yes uh, they've been talking they've been talking i mean phil spencer has come out yeah. and said many times that to not expect a mid-gen refresh um, I know Sony's doing one, out. and uh, I kind of agree with Phil. Like, why is it needed when I think things are running well? But it also feels like also, you might be shooting yourself in the foot by not doing something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll see what and how all of this ends up, you know, playing out. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I can tell you right now, I'm not ready for a, an upgraded console yet. Um. Yeah. I think that this is a great option. You know, like. 
I got is my there, PC. <laughs> is, is, yeah, right, exactly. Is there a world where, like, I could see myself owning one of these two terabyte Xbox Series X's? You know, that's all digital. Um, if I ever cancel my Gamefly subscription? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Game Pass, right? Like, I mean, listen, all of these manufacturers would love for us to move to an all digital future, right? I mean, PC is already there, yeah. you know? And so... Um, and I think, we're loving it. Yeah, I think this is a smart... I think it's a smart refresh. It's also kind of like expected. I mean, we get slim versions and stuff like that all the time. Even the Wii got an all digital version, if you recall. Uh, I don't think it ever released actually in the US, but um, so it's not entirely surprising. What is surprising is news of a new controller. Um, looks like the same controller, except this one uh, has Precision haptic feedback. So think of the haptic feedback that you have on the DualSense controllers, right? Which not enough games use and not all games do it well. But when that's done well, I think that is like the coolest feature really of that, that controller. Absolutely. Um, this is with uh, along with more durable modular thumbsticks, quieter buttons and thumbsticks, an accelerometer, and upgraded Bluetooth and wireless connectivity. Now, the accelerometer... I seriously doubt will be used for gameplay reasons, could be, but uh, really what it's meant for is that uh, you'll be able to just lift up your controller and it'll wake up. Similar to like, you know, uh, when you pick up your tablet and it, and the screen turns on or whatever. Uh, now, according to these leaks, the plan is to launch next year and for the... Um, controller to also launch in june of 2024 um the controller is also going to be coming with the new consoles is my understanding according to these leaks now what else is leaked all right well there is a slide and this this one kind of frustrates me because i've seen a lot of articles say this uh so we're looking at polygon right now and this article says oblivion remaster dishonored 3 listed in leaked bethesda release schedule which I think is a little misleading because this was a, a slide that was dated for prior to Microsoft acquiring ZeniMax. And it's something that it looks like Microsoft used to bring to board members and stuff like that and say, hey, we're thinking about acquiring them. This is the data we have on what their projected forecast is. So there's a lot of games on here my guess, and to speak to Phil Spencer's, you know, tweet that uh, when he commented on this, is that like a ton of this has changed, obviously, because, you know, this has Starfield as coming out fiscal year 2021. I mean, we're in 2023 right now and past that fiscal year. Um, it has the Indiana Jones games and Oblivion Remaster and Starfield DLC coming out in 2022. In 2023, it had Doom Year Zero, Project Kestrel, Elder Scrolls Online expansion. I mean, there's always an Elder Scrolls Online expansion, so that yeah. one actually hit. Um, and then a whole bunch of like free to play and mobile titles each year, or not a whole bunch, at least one each year. So you're telling me I'm not getting Dishonored three next year? <laughs> I'm telling you, you are not getting Dishonored three next year. Obviously, that makes me sad. obviously, a lot of this changed just in 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 yeah. just by nature of the fact that they were going through an acquisition, right? So that delayed uh, a bunch of things, which is why we didn't get some of these titles until much later. I mean, we didn't get Starfield until, you know, 2023 now. Um, and, and just in general, like, games usually don't come out on the first projected date. 
that they right. they have internally. Like there are yeah. delays with everything. And project. so and so the talk of them doing like a uh Oblivion remaster, a Fallout three remaster, right? Like even this talk of this Doom Year Zero, like who knows what what plans are in place now and how much of this is actually going to happen, how much of this is actually in the works. And so like is this interesting to look at? Yes. Does this mean anything? No. It doesn't. Yeah. You know? Um, one thing I found interesting, though, that I feel like not a lot of people are talking, is the, I think it's interesting, the revenue forecast by title. Okay? Uh, they re they forecasted Starfield, you know, granted, this was going to release in, you know, fiscal year 2021. This is still, you know, during the, everybody spending all their money in video games because of COVID. Uh, they anticipate Starfield doing $600 million in revenue. So I did a little math and at $70 a title, right? $70 a game. They mm -hmm. were expecting in the first year of release for it to sell close to eight and a half million copies. Okay. I saw that number and I was like, that's insane, right? Like there's no way. Uh, Starfield just announced that they had 10 million players. Now, granted, Starfield's on Game Pass, right? So mm -hmm. there is, you know, a lot of those players are trying it out because it's on Game Pass. It doesn't mean that they would have actually purchased the the game and stuff. Um, I also wondered if this Zenimax management forecast, if this forecast was also based on the idea that it was going to launch on other platforms as well, right? And so that number starts to seem slightly less ridiculous, especially when you look at the fact that even though this game is on Game Pass, this game topped the charts on Steam had a concurrent player list of uh, in during early access of like 234K on Steam, which means that 234,000 people, at least that many, paid $100 for the premium edition to play the game early. And so you're looking at what, $23 million right there just from the early access release. So I think it's interesting to kind of get a peek into and actually crunch the numbers on what that kind of stuff would take. Um, but yeah, again, yeah. all yeah, this like all this leak stuff. Million. How yeah. much did Grand Theft Auto Five make? Wasn't it like five billions, <laughs> billions and billions of dollars? But but right when it came out, though, like um, I thought it was five hundred million on release, like within like a month or something. No, uh, no, it, it made eight hundred million in its first day, yeah. and one billion oh, in its first shit. three days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Never yes. mind. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah. six hundred million. Hey, we can. Yeah. Hey, okay, yeah. cool. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but but seeing this seeing this breakdown of what how much they expected each of these games to make and stuff like that, I find to be very very interesting. Um, mm. but again, like yes, these leaks are very very interesting, right? There's also the leaks of the emails where uh, Phil Spencer talks about wanting to acquire WB Games and wanting to acquire Nintendo, right? And, and it was in response to somebody else kind of saying, like, why don't we try to buy Nintendo, you know? Um, and so that stuff is all interesting, but all that stuff is like, yeah, it's of fluff. course. Oh, it's yeah. fluff. Of course they're talking yeah. about, you know, they would love to buy Nintendo. Um, also, also he makes a comment about how, you know, he doesn't think Nintendo would ever sell because Nintendo doesn't realize that, like, the future of their titles isn't on their hardware, you know? Um which 
like sounds super snarky when you read it, but it's also exactly what I think, you know, is that like the only thing that holds Nintendo back, in my opinion, is is the hardware. Uh, if I, I could play Nintendo games on literally anything else using any other, you know, uh, GPU, any other controller, honestly, and any other like party system, I, I would I would play and buy every single Nintendo first party. If game. Nintendo was owned by any other company, we would have a new Mario game on an iPhone and an Android every year. I mean, that is probably well. <laughs> that's not a runner. <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because I, I mean Nintendo. Nintendo was kind of doing that at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just like not in the way that people want them to do it. Yes. You know. Right. 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 But you know, like you know. The consumer is his own biggest enemy. Like, yeah, acts for things. Yeah, kill yeah. Games products all the time. But I, like, I mean, I listen. Honestly, dream scenario for me, right? Is uh, it doesn't have to be Microsoft, right? Let's just say that for some reason Nintendo did get acquired by another company, and they just got the treatment of like, hey, yeah, we own you. You're gonna release it on this these platforms, but like, you're still self governing. Kind of uh, apparently the way that like Zenimax is 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 handled for Microsoft. Um, cause I'm cool with their decision making on everything, but hardware. Well, and, and network. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you fix that, but uh, the only thing I thought of when you said that was, I don't know anyone who's like, man, I would have played Pokemon if it wasn't on the switch. Like, I don't, I don't know that guy. Like maybe that person exists, but usually like if you're in, Okay, whatever. If you're, have you seen the quality in, of Scarlet and Violet? It no, runs I like totally agree, trash. but like if you're a fan of like Zelda and Pokemon oh. and all that stuff, and I think that you're is playing it anyway. I think that is the biggest problem. That's how Nintendo continues to get away with it, which is why I have a soft boycott on Nintendo games currently. What's 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 a soft boycott? I haven't played Tears of the Kingdom because I I I just don't. I don't want to engage with their console anymore. Sounds like a, sounds like a full boy. I, I just don't. Well, it's a soft boycott because when Super Mario Brothers Wonder comes out, I am playing oh, the yeah, yeah. that game. That game is a so, boycott. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I've in ninety percent of the episodes we've done of this podcast, I have talked about the fact that like I just wish I would play every. I would play Splatoon. I would play Mario Kart. I would play Smash. I would play every multiplayer game that they release on on the regular if online play was handled better and being able to talk to my friends wasn't such a hassle. Um like I, I would be hundred percent and I would I would forgive the Switch for being two generations old power wise, you know? Um Yeah, I mean yeah, they I totally agree that the Switch does need like yeah. a hell of an upgrade. But yeah. yeah. All right. Next bit of news. Uh, all the big announcements from PlayStation's new state of play. I say big announcements in quotes. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth release date. Can't believe uh, it's February. February 29th, 2024. Yeah. Marvel's yeah, Spider Man 2. They showed off some more. That game looks awesome. Cannot wait. I've stopped watching stuff because I know I'm going to be playing. So, yep. I am in the same boat. Uh, I actually get mad because I like s occasionally hear or see on Twitter, like because of some of the people I, I follow and stuff like that, like uh, stuff about the story that I'm just like, that would have been not the story about the gameplay. That was like, that would have been cool if I saw that for the first time on release day, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake DLC is revealed. Uh, it is going to be the Separate Ways add-on on September 21st. Uh, alongside an update to Mercenaries mode with playable Ada Wong and Albert Wesker. Uh, the promised PlayStation VR 2 support is coming sometime this winter. There was Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn, Helldivers 2, Avatar Frontiers Pandora. I mean, all these, uh, most of these games we've already seen. Uh, Baby Steps, Honkai Star Rail release date on PS5 is October 11th. Foam Stars. Uh, I've played a little bit of it on a phone. I think the game, just like Genshin Impact, I think the game is surprisingly good. Uh, but it does not have controller support, so I stopped playing because I don't want to play touchscreen. Uh, but when it comes to PlayStation 5, I will give it a shot. I, this is So this reminds me a lot, actually, of Warframe in the sense that one of the things that Warframe does really well, that Genshin Impact does really well, that Honkai Story Rail does really well, is that even though they are free-to-play games, they give you a ton of content. There is, They are not lacking in content. Um, and although Genshin, there is a point where it feels like you start getting into that gotcha, you need to spend money. Uh, I haven't gotten to that point in Warframe. And I don't no. know if it ever gets to that point. Yeah, it doesn't Not seem like more. it. If Warframe really much seems like, hey, you're having fun. Imagine if you had this other cool looking suit, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, look or how cool this is. if there was this other mode where you could use your stuff in. Yep. And so. thousand modes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it's no, um, I'm actually enjoying that's a discussion for another time. I'm enjoying Warframe quite a bit. Uh, Foam Stars open beta will run from September 29th to October 1st. This is uh, Square Enix's take on Splatoon style multiplayer. Uh, I am going to give this beta a shot, I think, uh, because I love Splatoon and this would actually fix uh, a complaint I have about Splatoon being that it will be on something that is not the Switch. <laughs> And I want so, to try out that guy with the purple vest. He looks cool. Um, yeah, he does. Looking sharp. All right. New PlayStation 5 and DualSense colors. Uh, there's Volcanic Red, Cobalt Blue, and Sterling Silver. They look the way you would expect. Uh, this was fine. It was a fine state of play. I, it's whatever. I, I didn't watch it. Um, I, I was on the I, bus ride home, and I was too busy reading a book. <laughs> I started watching. I watched it after the fact, and it's just yeah. like it's fine. It's I saw the, I saw the I read the headlines. I saw the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth trailer, and I was like, okay, cool. Yep. Uh, so, as a more casual gaming news connoisseur, I didn't know this happened. Yeah, I mean that makes <laughs> um, sense. I mean, yeah. I just went through all the announcements, and there's nothing that is like, you know, you had to see this, right? A lot of it yeah. is just like updates on stuff we already knew about. Yeah, That's but I up. feel like and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it. If this happened to E3, Spider-Man Two would be all over Twitter right now. I mean, they, yeah. They I mean, e, like, they, they, E3 is dead. <laughs> yeah, E3 is dead. It's like dead, dead. <laughs> it wasn't, like, it wasn't, D, doesn't matter. D E D. It's gone. dead. It's like Fifty Cent's career. It's over. You know, no one cares. But he still makes so much money. It doesn't matter if it's dead or not. All right, well, moving on. Speaking of digital press conferences or press reveals, what do we call these things? Showcases? Showcases. Directs. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I know Nintendo calls them directs. Yeah. Sony calls showcases. them state of play. Yeah. Uh, but these are, yeah, digital showcases. Uh, all the biggest announcements from September's Nintendo Direct. Uh, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, is uh, the classic GameCube role-playing game is heading to Nintendo Switch with enhanced HD graphics. Uh, I might actually play that. Um I have, games. I have fond memories of Paper Mario, uh, The Thousand Year Door. And yeah. so. 
Uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong is getting wow. a, a new entry. I could not care less about it. Uh, fun. Uh, yeah, they were fine. They, like I remember yeah. them being like like fine little distractions, right? Yeah. Uh, so two, three side order expansion pass. Sorry, I'm not gonna engage in your online experience until uh, you have an actual functioning online experience where I can play with my friends um, and talk to them at the same time. Super Mario RPG. Uh, Super Mario RPG remakes Square's beloved role-playing game with a few new tweaks, and it is coming on November 17th. I have no nostalgia for Super Mario RPG. This doesn't uh, really do anything for me. I've always wanted to play this, and the emulators back in the day couldn't make this game work, and so mm-hmm. this is my this is my time <laughs> to finally play it. Uh, you're not going to play it. You have no time. Another code recollection? Uh, sure. Uh, Princess Peach Showtime. I think I do not know if this game is going to be fun. <laughs> Based on the trailer you showed, I cannot tell you if I am excited to play this game. I am excited to look at this game. I think the aesthetic and the idea of it being like on a theater stage is the entire setting and stuff like that um, is awesome. And so um, I I am excited so for like a play. Yes, exactly. I am excited Thank for you. Princess Super Peach Mother- Showtime. Super Mario Brothers 3 was a play. Um, what happened? Sorry. Super Mario oh, yeah, Brothers you're right. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Detective Pikachu Returns is coming to Switch on October 6th. Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. Uh, Luigi's yeah. Mansion Dark Moves coming to Nintendo Switch as Luigi's Mansion 2 HD in summer 2024. Great game. Uh, with co-op play for up to four players. F099. <laughs> it's it's all this nintendo switch online stuff right warioware move it uh warioware move it promises more than 200 micro games and multiplayer fun when the new warioware arrives on switch on november 3rd i used to love the warioware games and that last one was not good and it made me upset so i think i'm out mario kart 8 deluxe booster course dlc i would love to play mario kart 8 if i could actually talk to my friends while we're playing not gonna do it uh, Spy Cross Anya, Operation Memories. The World of Spy Family is coming to Nintendo Switch in a life simulation game. I'm um, so down for this. <laughs> is it weird that I am also down for this? Yeah. That like I'm gonna play this dumb, dumb game. It's probably gonna be like a five out of ten. Um, Honestly, if I get to play as Anya, yeah, I, I think guess. I'm in. Yeah, I think I'm in. <laughs> uh, Saga Emerald Beyond, Unicorn Overlord, Contra Operation Galuga, Trombone okay, Champ. Okay, okay, can we just talk about Square Enix re- really quick? Sure. Saga Emerald Beyond. Mm-hmm. Are they wondering why their games don't sell? Like, their smaller ones? Because like, they lost $2 billion, and they keep on putting out games with terrible titles. Yeah, I mean, it just does not sell. Yeah. Um, Ugh, $2 billion with a B? Jesus. Yeah, what was it? Oh, because the big flops were uh, Marvel's Crypto. Avengers. <laughs> NFTs. Uh, yeah, it was the NFT stuff. There was also, oh, what was the, uh, the one Forspoken. Forspoken oh, yeah, was Forspoken. also a huge flop. Apparently yeah. Final Fantasy 16 selling 3 million copies wasn't good enough for them either. Right. Because, and part of that is because, you know, they had losses to make up for. And yeah. so their expectations for that game were massive, which is a shame because yeah. that game, uh, you know, I only, I only dabbled in it, but it was, I actually enjoyed it for, for what I played. My two hours were quite fun yeah that's funny i think i played more than you did uh yeah. classic tomb raiders remastered uh, uh tomb raider one through three remastered uh 
Prince of Persia, what The Lost is... Crown. They showed off a little bit more of this, and it's coming to Switch on January 18th, 2024. I'm excited for that game as well. Yeah. Uh, I won't be playing on the Switch, though. Uh, Horizon Chase 2 is coming, uh, and it released uh, the day of the Direct. Uh, yeah, again, this is like, meh. I mean, this, yeah. like, this, neither of these were bad. They were just like, oh, that's cool. You know? Crossplay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think what's nice to see is, like, the Switch still does have some life and exciting titles coming up. Like, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is something I've been dreaming <laughs> of that they'd, like, remake and give it the HD treatment to. Um, that game was hilarious and really, really fun. So, yeah. Listen, the Switch has the Switch has like three months left in it. Okay, <laughs> and then it needs to be done. All right, it's and then we need to get that, like like the, the the things you're excited for are the things that you want to play, but you're just locked to the Nintendo. There's yep. Nothing. Yep. Yeah. You had a choice. You wouldn't choose the Switch. That's that's why. Uh, no, I, I no. I went out with the Steam I, Deck. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, with my ROG yeah. Ally. Like I'm I'm enjoying like that stuff uh, playing on that portable uh, a whole lot more than i do playing on my switch yeah um, switch to the point where know. like maybe i was looking at emulators and trying to see if i yeah. could emulate some things like yeah. i mean Mizo tears of the kingdom but um i gotta look into that you can do it <laughs> no it's just too much work i'm not gonna do it i mean it's also illegal although i own the game so it's not well right? i own the game i own the game yeah, yeah, yeah that's true i own the game already i just want to uh, know for future reference yeah right <laughs> Um, I bought it's funny I bought it have not played it I bought it so that TJ could play it because um, I refuse I refuse I'll, I'll break down at some point but yeah. like, you know, it's also, you know also the reason I have it is because we know we're gonna get a switch to like we're gonna get one in like the spring you know and and they're gonna re-release it I mean I, I think it has to be it has to be that close it's gonna be holiday S- next year speaking of the switch to we're below uh, Nintendo briefed Activision on the Switch 2 last year. Apparently, Nintendo CEO uh, Furukawa met with Activision executives in 2022. And uh, so, Nintendo has been, uh, this article states Nintendo has been briefing key partner studios on its next generation Nintendo Switch hardware ahead of the console's reported 2024 uh, release. Um, this, again, is part of the FTC filings. And, uh, the highlight here, or the thing to note, is that given the closer alignment to Gen 8 platforms in terms of performance and our previous offerings on PS4 and Xbox One, it is reasonable to assume we can make something compelling for Nintendo Switch as well. It would be helpful to secure early access development hardware prototypes and prove that out nice and early. Basically, what that's saying is that they expect the performance for the Nintendo Switch to be more in line with the Xbox One and Sony's PlayStation 4. Um... So what's interesting here is that this what? is back in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, we've had reports coming out of Gamescom in Germany where there was behind closed door demos done where they were showing FF7 Remake playing on the Switch 2 um, with comparable graphics like the PS5. So I imagine whatever they're doing is using some crazy dlss tech or well they are they are using an nvidia chip right they're using a tether chip my understanding is they're not using the latest one though and they're using they're using like and they always do this they tend to do a generation yeah um 
And so, yeah, so I think that's, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think for a portable machine on a screen that small, mm -hmm. I think for, I think right now, Xbox One and PlayStation 4 performance is fine. Yeah, you know? 100%. Am I going to be complaining about it in four and a half years? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, but You know, I, I don't agree with you there. You know why? Because I've been playing a lot on my Series S when I met my parents, like with yeah. Armored Core. And yeah. yes, graphically, um, it might not it might not be like blowing my mind with what the Series X or PS5 can do, mm -hmm. but it works, man. Like it, it, yeah, and, it, it the performance is great. Uh, so I, I understand what I'm seeing. Like I'm still yes. having fun. <laughs> so I think actually that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Is that so? My complaint isn't with for the most part with Nintendo. Isn't it's like four percent fidelity, right? Yeah. Um, for the most part, it's how the games run, right? And then for me, it's really just, I mean, a lot of it is also just, I, they have to bring a new online offering with this yeah. next console. Like they need to, they need to be modern in how they handle that stuff. I can't imagine um, Activision like throwing their weight behind it in a way for like bringing a Call of Duty if their online is still trash. I mean, Microsoft already said that they would bring yeah. Call of Duty. They signed, you know, a thing. And so... Um, Here's Xbox Live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't... I mean, I don't know. I hope there is something... Like I said, I, I think seeing this uh, makes sense. Uh, again, if you're doing, like, Xbox One and PS4, but then doing something along the lines of DLSS, um, I think that's... I think that's awesome. I'm down. I'm ready. Let's go. Um... I do have some questions of whether or not they Nintendo loves to resell stuff. So I do have some questions of whether or not it will be backwards compatible. And if it is backwards compatible, if we'll see any boosts to those games. Um, but yeah, that's that, a definite negative. I'm like, I mean, it's digital anyway. So I don't even get it on your new device unless the account allows it. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. They, that's the other thing they need to work out, but no, I have. Yeah. Anyway. All right, that wraps up this week's news uh, and wraps up this podcast. Uh, wasn't quite as fast, but I think that's mostly my fault. I talked quite a bit in the very beginning. Uh, Bilal, why don't you let people know where they can follow you, follow the site? Oh, God, it's been so long since our last one that we're still using Twitter. Um, X. So you guys can follow us on X. Um yeah at Bilal underscore Miyad and follow the website over at theworkprint.com and on socials like X um, at the workprint uh, on, you know, X, Instagram, Facebook. Did we create a Threads account? Maybe. I don't use Threads anymore. Uh, YouTube, I still Twitch. pop into Threads. I think Threads looks better. It's just oh, not, yeah. not enough people are using there's no, it. There's no yeah. timeline. which just, Yes, they, they need to correct. They need to fix that. Yes. They need a timeline and I'll be on Threads. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Threads. What about oh, you? Um, uh, oh wait. Uh, one last thing. Yeah. Marvel sent me a physical copy of their Marvel tabletop RPG um, core playbook, and so I will be putting together something for that and streaming it out. Uh, so Rob, Kev, if you guys are down for some Marvel uh, tabletop, using the the brand on you a 616 system yeah, yeah the 616 yeah, yeah of course of course i've yeah. looked into the 
there's so, the ma- there's so many characters uh, and they're like uh, abilities I, I was like literally I'm, it's like a hundred something pages of characters I'm, I'm down i'm down to do something yeah, you yeah, set I'm it up gonna, i'm down i just i'm not dming <laughs> um as long as I'm, i don't have to no, I'll, 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 d- yeah. I'll dm it yep uh all right what about you kev where can people follow you yeah, uh, all socials. You can find me at Shock2K5. Uh, you can find me at MyHeroMeta.com, uh, posting content for the Universe's Trading Card Game. And uh, you can also find me just out here. I'm out here. Wait, and they could find you guys at National soon, no? Uh, Nationals yeah. in Dallas coming yep. up in October. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, I have to. Out here, he knows. I have to book my flight, or me and TJ's flights. I still haven't done that. Uh, speaking of the universe's card game, we will have some content on this channel and mm. then probably to the site and stuff in a couple weeks regarding universes. Uh, a little tease there. Um, but yeah, you can, <laughs> you can follow, you do know what it is. You can follow me at sunnyvice 20 across all social media S U N N Y V I C E two zero. And yeah, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Thank you guys yeah. so much for listening. Anybody who joined us live, thank you too for finding time out of your busy schedule and pitting up with my, you know, craziness of, of this summer. Um, and still being here, still showing up, even though we haven't done it in a few weeks. So thank you guys so much. Best place to spend a Wednesday. Honestly, yes. I missed it. I'll yeah. see you guys in three months. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not next week. We'll see. I, I'll be yeah. back in time. I just don't know if I would have played anything. So, um, but I'll let you guys know until right. next time, whenever that is. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>